All right, guys, welcome to Property Profits Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bryce Kaminsky, filling in for Dave Dubow. A lot of times people are, you know, sitting around the table these days thinking, how am I going to finance this? Where are things going with the bank and the interest rates? I've got David Olds on the on the show today, and uh, they were able to be very creative in the last correction, which turned out to be a very profitable learning experience um, with creative financing and, and terms deals. David, how are you doing today? Bryce, doing amazing. Thank you so much for inviting me and having me on today. It's a big, big honor and pleasure. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. You know, the the creative financing sector is exploding. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm sure you're uh, aware of that. But let's start with the the kind of cliche question, like, how did you get in at the beginning? We talked a little bit before yeah. the show, but yeah. let the people know how they got start, how you got started. Yeah. So, so I'm David Olds. I've been a full-time investor. Uh, we're based out of Chattanooga, Tennessee now, and I've been full-time since June of 09, but I actually started investing with my wife back in 2001. We, uh, you know, we bought our very first house in Apopka, Florida, and it was kind of funny. We were, you know, just got married and we went and we were looking at all these different houses and went to the, you know, we, we made an offer, bought this house, went to the title company and it was really weird, Bryce. I was walking out and I said to my realtor, I'm like, why wasn't anybody else there? <laughs> right. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. I've seen TV shows. I've seen movies, right. You go there, everybody sits across from the table from each other and it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I was a little disappointed because I didn't do the thing right. Like that I had seen. And she's like, Oh, well, because it was a foreclosure. I'm like, Oh, is that why I bought it from Wells Fargo? Like I didn't understand. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't really, like, I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't compute that. Right. Like, I just, I thought I was buying it from Bob and Sue, right? Who knew? Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, yeah, dummy, it's a foreclosure. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So so we bought this house, a little three-bedroom, two-bath in Apopka, Florida. And, uh, you know, I was working in for a building materials company, kind of like 84 Lumber or, you know, Pro Build, mm-hmm. one of those. And, uh, you know, because I grew up working around the house with my dad, who was, you know, ex-military and always like, we do everything ourselves. We're those people. Um, yeah, we, we started fixing up the house, simple stuff, right? Taking out carpet, putting down laminate, you know, swapping out a sliding door for French doors, you know, some kitchen cabinets, some crown molding, that type of stuff. And, uh, you know, we sold it, uh, a little over two years later and made like $50,000. And I was like, holy smokes, that's pretty cool. Like I had this little mm-hmm. part-time job fixing up the house that we were living in. So same realtor, we go, go to a title company and uh, we're coming out and she's like, Hey, you know, you don't have to pay taxes on that money. And I was like, what, <laughs> what do you mean? Mm-hmm. I pay taxes all the time, right? I'm taxed to death. She's like, no dummy. It's, it's a homestead. You lived in it for two years. It's tax-free money. I'm like, Oh, well, that's kind of cool. I'm like, so my wife and I were like, well, let's do it again. So we bought another house, you know, a nicer house, probably more than we, we should have been able to afford a beautiful, uh, brick subdivision. And it was like the ugliest house in the subdivision. So perfect, right? Yeah, Everything sure. that you're looking for as an investor. And, uh, you know, started fixing that one up. And this was a much bigger rehab. And, uh, you know, same thing. We're both working full-time jobs and kind of doing the stuff on the side and uh, sold that one and made almost a hundred thousand. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> like, like, this is really good. We need, we need mm-hmm. to you know, learn more about this. And kind of at the same time, like I was telling you before, the most cliche of all things happened. I was at uh, the Orlando airport picking up our kids. They were flying as unaccompanied minors. 
And I was in the bookstore kind of leaning on the shelf just like this and pulled out this book and started reading it. And it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And uh, again, no idea why, just it happened to be the book I picked up. And, uh, you know, I was flipping through it. It's a very easy read, right? Very, very entertaining, mm -hmm. engaging. And bought it, took it home. And when you get to the back, it says, you know, if you want to learn more about real estate, you should go join like a real estate meetup or a RIA, a real estate investment association, or one of those types of groups. So mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, like I'm not ever, have never claimed to be the smartest guy, right? But I can follow directions. So I get on my big computer, you know, like web crawler, right? Because Google wasn't even around in yeah. 2004. Alta Vista or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Something like that. And uh, I, I, you know, typed in like, you know, real estate investment group and, you know, found Central Florida real estate investors, CFRI.net. And I'm like, oh, well, this sounds like what I've been researching online. It seems like the thing. So I tell my wife, I'm like, I'm going down there on the first Wednesday of the month after, after work. She's like, you go boy, I'll be here. Mm -hmm. So I remember I worked in Sanford, Sanford, Florida, and I drove all the way down to, to Orlando. And for those of you that don't know, that's well, like 40 minutes, 45 minutes, depending on traffic after work. And dude, I didn't know at the time this RIA in Orlando was like the third biggest in the country. It was freaking huge. So I pull into the old Bumby theater and there's this enormous parking lot and all these cars have like, they're wrapped, right? Decals, all this stuff. Like mm -hmm. I buy houses, hard money, yeah. IRA, inspectigator, like all these different things. Mm -hmm. And so I'm driving through the parking lot looking for a parking place and I'm driving and I'm like getting more and more anxious. Like I'm getting more and more nervous. And uh, dude, I, like I drove out the other side and went home. You didn't like, even I go scared. I was scared. I was scared to go inside. I'm like, I shouldn't be here. I don't belong here. These people are all like professionals. <laughs> like, yeah. I, like I, I can't be here. And like, I could count on my hand, like the number of times I've ever lied to my wife. And she's like, how'd it go? I'm like, great. Couldn't find it. Great. Couldn't find it. <laughs> couldn't find That's it. why I always <laughs> say to people, like, if you're going to go to your first networking event, yeah. go with someone, so take a friend get in the door, like bring someone. Cause it's easy. <laughs> like we don't go to concerts alone. We don't go to yeah. movies alone. Like yeah. bring someone and have a good time. It's true. So, so I was so mad with myself that I didn't do the thing I set out to do. So I remember it was July, uh, August. I, I didn't go cause something came up, but I remember I went in September cause September is when my birthday is. So it kind of was right with my birthday and boy, the whole time down there, I'm driving like white knuckled. Like I'm like doing the self-talk. I'm like, I'm going in, I'm going to do this. Going in. I'm going to yeah. do this. I'm going to, I'm so, so mad. I like pulled in a parking place, slammed it in the park, you know, walked up to the yeah. door, paid my 10 bucks or 20 bucks, whatever it was. And, uh, and went in and, uh, like it was just I literally that day changed my life a hundred percent. Like, I can't even tell you, I don't even know what trajectory I'd have been on had I not taken, you know, taken the initiative that day and gone in. And I know we don't want to go too long, but you know, I went in and I didn't know what to do, but I was still very nervous. Right. I was very shy. I didn't, didn't, you know, still don't think I belong in those rooms sometimes. And I sat way in the back and they did this thing called deal of the month. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Most RIAs, if you're not doing it, you should be doing this. And what they would do is they would pre-select three, four, five people to stand up at the beginning and they would talk about a deal they've done. And then everybody kind of golf claps and somebody wins mm -hmm. and they got like a Home, Home Depot gift card. So, and this is the old days. It was like transparencies where it would project up onto a screen. That's how, that's how long yeah, ago yeah. it was. And uh, so Bryce, I'm sitting there and this old guy gets up and he like, you know, quintessential Florida, 80 year old skinny guy, like overalls and a t-shirt, everything but the straw mm -hmm. hanging out of his mouth. And he's, he's talking like this and talking about this deal that he did. And he made like $40,000. And I'm like, hmm, got my notepad. I'm like, $40,000. Interesting. 
And this girl gets up who's, you know, Russian girl, stunningly beautiful, can't speak English, talking about flipping mobile homes all over Orlando for five grand a piece. I'm like, mobile homes, five grand a piece. Wow, that's crazy. I don't even remember what the next two people were, Bryce. But what I did is I sat there and I thought, holy smokes, if these two people can do this, right? If these two people can do this, why can't I? Old yeah. dude who's 80 talks like he's got marbles in his mouth and crushing it, right? Like I'm not despairing this guy, like crushing mm -hmm. it. And, and the girl who doesn't speak English, you know, is probably making 20 grand a month. Still pulling Flipping out. mobile homes. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like I'm at least as smart as them, right? Like yeah. I can do this, you know, and it's, it's interesting in your life. There are always going to be those kind of pivotal moments where you, you, you'll refer back to it, right? There's, there's everybody's, you know, there's a handful, right? 10 or 20 that you always go back to and go, oh my God. And that will pop back up in your head when you have that self-doubt and you're like, wait a minute, that guy was doing this. I am certainly smarter than this guy, right? Like, mm -hmm. or if that guy can do it, I can do this. And uh, so that's, that's kind of how we got started. And, you know, I'm not, the, again, the smartest guy in the world, but I, I'm, you know, I do follow directions and everybody who joined the, the, you know, the real estate investment group down there, like I went to all the classes and all the group meetings and all the stuff. And I just got as engaged as possible and started learning all the different ways to do real estate. So we started doing some subject to houses and marketing to foreclosures and some rehabs and we still worked full time. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was a great little side deal with, you know, we ended up doing two, maybe three houses a year at the most. And, uh, and then the end times happened <laughs> 2008 and nine. And, uh, you know, you said it earlier that, you know, this was a correction that we're in now that was a full on crash. Like it yeah. was so bad. The very last house I bought was in Deltona, Florida on Trafalgar street. And, uh, when I bought it, it was, I bought it, it as a probate deal for like 97,000 An identical house one block over two blocks down had just sold for like 214. Mm -hmm. So I bought it, you know, this is like, again, August, fixed it up, called my realtor in like early October. And she's like, Oh honey, the holidays are coming up. Let's just list it in January. By the time January came around, she came to the house. She's like, you did great. I'm like, I know. She's like, it looks beautiful. I'm like, I know. What can we get for it? She's like, well, probably about 145. Yeah. Like that's a 50 or 25% drop in like six months. And it kept falling and falling and falling to the point where we couldn't, we couldn't even sell it because nobody was buying. Like, yeah. Or qualifying to actually, you know, pull yeah, the mortgages, right. They yeah. probably wanted to, but it just, I right. remember watching it on TV and watching them, you know, talk bail out this and bail out the auto thing. And, it was and, scary, man. Like people forget. Right? Yeah, I tell people like go back and watch Dan Rather when this stuff was happening, like the YouTube videos, dude. When you were, we were all sitting around the the kitchen table watching that, it was very scary. You didn't know if the economy was going to open tomorrow. Like you mm -hmm. just didn't know the way they were talking. Right, major banks are failing overnight. Thousands of people are getting laid off. It was a, it was a scary time. So you know, we ended up just doing a lease option on that house, getting a little bit of money, like five thousand dollars, and that's what we we relocated to Chattanooga, Tennessee with we. We literally did the burn the boats things. By that time, I had lost my job. My wife had lost her job. You know, we we knew Chattanooga was a good market. We had done some research and um, we moved here not knowing anybody just because of real estate, but with $5,000 to our name. And, you know, our goal was to come here and buy multifamilies, right? Everybody, every investor, mm -hmm. you know, wants the monopoly up to, up to multifamilies. But to, to speak to what you were just talking about, like banks weren't lending money. Like not it didn't exist. But what they were doing was taking properties back. 
um, at a massive, massive scale. So we realized there was no hard money to be had. There was no bank funding to be had. So rehabbing was out, right? Also, who were you going to rehab and sell to? Like, even if yeah. you use private money, like you couldn't sell your deal, right? Like it just, it would just sit there. So we're like, okay, no problem. We're going to get, we're, we're going to be wholesalers now. And uh, so, you know, we start wholesaling. We're, you know, back in this 2009, again, none of the stuff that exists now was around. It was driving for dollars, postcards, handwritten yellow letters and bandit signs, right? Like that yep. was very old school stuff that we did, which still works. Like yep. it works amazing. And uh, so, you know, we're doing that. And then, you know, we're having, we had some very fast initial success because we were desperate, right? I had a wife, two boys and three fat dogs. Like we had to find a way to make it work. It wasn't optional. And uh, so, but we're wholesaling. And then one of the problems that I would come up with a lot is I would go talk to somebody who wanted to sell their house and let's just say, you know, they owed a hundred thousand on it. And, you know, the market value was 80 at that time, which, yeah. you know, maybe that would have been a good time to be in the sub two business. And we did buy some of them, but you didn't know, right? Like in hindsight, it's 2020, I should have bought them all, but we didn't know when the market was going to fix or like, it was just a, it was a real scary time. It was just going to like flatline. We would see yeah. in, in the market here when, yeah. when things corrected, people were over their head, you'd go and they, they would. Yeah. The house is worth 90 and mm -hmm. they're into it for like 120. And you're like, I, I would love to help you. I just can't. Yeah. And you know, the thing with sub two is like, you know, you're committing to that person that you're going to help them. So if you don't have the cash flow to carry it for six months, you shouldn't be buying it sub two. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so the, the interesting problem there was, you know, we were getting a lot of these types of deals where there was just nothing we could do. And I said, you know, because let's say they owe a hundred, I could wholesale it at 70 or 80 which means mm -hmm. I need to contract it at 55 to 60, right? To make any money. And just the numbers just don't work. It's, it's not a, a, not a doable situation. So I remembered way back in the day when I was at those, going to those real estate meetups and, and I went to this one boot camp or something on the weekend and they were talking about the number or the percentage of properties in the United States that were owned free and clear. Do you have any idea what the percentage is? Very rarely does anybody get it. Uh, the the mar in, in my market, it's about 46%. Yeah, it's nationwide. It's about 38. So roughly 40, like still pretty good. So I was like, surprised. I was really surprised shocked. when I found out that Did number you? because I thought everyone was on a mortgage yeah. folding their next house into their next house. But there's a lot of people out there who have no mortgage. And, it's, you know, it may be even growing higher now as, as people get older. So I'm like, well, this is dumb. <laughs> Why am I just marketing to everybody? Why don't I just market to the free and clear people? Because then they don't owe anything. So then when I go to make them an offer, at least I know they can accept it, right? They may not want to accept it, different story, right? But at least they could accept my reasonable cash offer. So that started working much, much better. Cool. Well, then as we're doing these, you know, at one point I asked them, you know, whatever, they wanted 40,000, I offered them 20. And I'm like, well, you know, they're like, oh, I can't take 20. I'm like, well, I'm thinking to myself, but you can, <laughs> but you don't want to. And that's cool, right? Yeah, you, can't you don't want to do something. I'm like, well, okay, well, you know, what are you going to do with the money if I, if I could get you 30 or 40? Well, I don't know. I'm just moving to Florida. So I'd be like, so do you need all the money at once? Right. Cause I've been to a bunch of classes, right. And I understood how yeah. to do, how to do this stuff. Like, well, no, I'm like, well, would you be open to doing something a little bit creative, right? It's a little bit longer conversation than yeah, that. Definitely. Yeah, we we kind of fell backwards into making offers, creative offers to to you know to our sellers because we were specifically targeting people who were free and clear. So if you didn't want my twenty thousand dollar offer, I'd be like, 
man, Bryce, if you're open to it, what if I could actually pay you more than 40? Well, you just told me you can only pay me 20. Yeah, but if we can work the numbers this other way, right? Because now I can show them how we can get them some interest and do payments over five or 10 years or 20 years or whatever it is. And that became very successful. Like we became really, really good at that. Um, because what happens is the best closer, best closer in the country. And I know most of them is you're going to close one out of 10 on a PPC lead. Like that's the best, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe one in nine. I've had guys in my office that have hit one in nine occasionally, but that still means nine people said no, right? Yeah. So of those nine, now we repitch them on, on owner financing, right? So now you, at least you're getting a second shot at the apple, right? You're getting a second mm -hmm. bite. So not, not every time somebody's going to take it, but one or two a month will, right? So now those properties we're absorbing into, into our portfolio and typically they're landlords, right? They're, you know, people who've got some tenants in there or they've inherited it and it's got tenants or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And they are very used to getting payments. That's the part of being a landlord they like. I'm a landlord. I have a ton of properties now, over a hundred. And the thing I like, I got a message, an email earlier, $17,000 getting dropped into this account from these properties, this group of properties. Great. Love that. Um, so it was a very easy transition and we bought, you know, millions of dollars worth of these properties that, you know, again, timing was right. Who knew the market was going to do what it's done, but, you know, they forexed in value and, you know, now we've got this, this really amazing portfolio. So, you know, that's what I would recommend to people is, you know, if you're getting into this business, you don't have a lot of money, you know, first go out driving for dollars. That's very easy. It's a great way to get good, good lead. That's how I got started driving good. for dollars. I love it. Yeah. You know, me and Dave. It feels like, like fishing a little bit, you know, you're going yeah, slow. I love you got it. Your coffee. Love it. Love it. Um, you know, that's, you know, even when I was running, you know, my companies got bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, even if I was having a bad day, man, I would literally leave the office with a pad of paper and just go drive for dollars. Cause I felt like I was doing something productive. I could put some music on, just kind of block out everything and just go back to kind of where it started. But, uh, yeah, that's it. You know, we started doing some marketing. We've, we targeted free and clear. We still did our bandit steins, you know, we still did driving for dollars. We did all those things. And, uh, you know, that's just the shortest version of kind of how we got started. Um, you know, we were wholesaling almost immediately, like 30 properties a year. Like we, we shot out of the gate very quickly. Um, you know, here in Chattanooga, it was a market where nobody was wholesaling full time. So we really just dominated the market for years and years. And, uh, you know, then we started adding in buying in the rental properties. And then as the market shifted, we, we got back into rentals for four or sorry, to rehabs for four or five years and mm -hmm. did just a bunch of those as well. Um, everything from light kind of lipstick rehabs to gutting it all the way down, you know, to five studs holding up the roof and, and rebuilding mm -hmm. complete, you know, just complete, uh, you know, whatever it is, tear down and almost tear down and, and rebuild. So, so yeah, that was, that was kind of how we got started. And then, you know, we brought in some friends who wanted to partner with us and, and took our wholesaling nationwide in about 2016 and really just, you know, blew that up into, you know, almost a million dollars, you know, a month for a while. So it was very big. Yeah. Wholesaling is, uh, I always recommend people who are looking to get started in real estate to, to touch that strategy and, and learn yeah. it because it's the core of acquisitions. Like whether you're buying for someone else yeah. or yourself, you know, you're probably worse at buying for someone else or mm -hmm. rather for yourself than someone yeah. else because you're blind. But yeah. your buyer is going to tell you if you were right or wrong. Like they're like, yeah. no, thank you. Okay, well, you maybe saved me from buying that. So with yeah. with all you've accomplished in real estate investing so far, 
What would you say is your biggest, biggest obstacle these days? I mean, you know, it's, it's always, I'm going to tell you, you know what the biggest obstacle I think everybody has, this is probably a little bit of self-doubt. There are days Mm -hmm. I'm in the shower or whatever, or getting ready in the morning. I'm like, well, man, we've just bought, we bought all the houses. (laughs) We bought them all. (laughs) We bought them all. Like, I don't know who else is going to sell us a house. Like, We've called everybody. We've texted everybody. We've run pay-per-click ads everywhere. Um, I don't know. I was having that same thought actually about another guy in business and he runs the same marketing. He's a wholesaler in town and, and he just keeps, and it just keeps happening. The human nature of the the transactional business of real estate. I was thinking about the same thing. Like, don't you get tired of running the same flyer and getting the same thing? And he just, he just loves the hunt and the and the kill. Yeah, and the yeah. We uh, we should because of our, you know our transaction business is so busy now. We shut our wholesaling down about four months ago, and it was very hard for me after being a wholesaler for what 11, 12 years. Like I identify as a wholesaler. Like mm-hmm. that's my that's, that's who I am. Hunting. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I do miss it a lot. But it just got to point where we couldn't we couldn't serve our clients over you know in this business effectively. It's a very active business. Very active. It is, and you know. To, to kind of to your point, you know, about running the same ads and the same flyers, I'm going to tell you, and, you know, for you people that are listening that are that are on the new side, like a couple of business principles that are going to make you successful. One, simple is scalable, right? The simpler you keep your business, you know, the, the, the more likelihood you're going to be successful, right? If you're the person who it's wholesaling this week and then storage units next week, and then, oh my God, I just heard this guy talking about land entitlements and which is splitting land, you know, and, and every, every month or two months or week, whatever you're bouncing around, you're done. Like none, mm-hmm. you, you can't do it all right. That nonsense of, I got to have six different streams of income. Sounds a little bit like torture too. It's like, you're stuck in the middle chained to your self doubt and there's all these yeah. things in, in yeah. different tables and you never take enough steps. Right. To touch any of them really. Yeah, you'll never you'll never get any of them done. And I get it, right? Shiny object syndrome. We're we're all entrepreneurs and hustlers and our brains working a million miles an hour. Um, but you want to keep your business simple and scalable. We tell people like, you know, when we were wholesaling, we stayed in our lane. Like we had over 20 people in our office. We wholesaled, right? We weren't mm. weren't doing condo developments. We weren't, you know, we did one thing and we did it freaking better than anybody else. I to, you know, put our team up against any team in the country. We were really, really good at it. Same thing now with our transactions company. We do one thing. Like we don't, we don't do a lot of other stuff. We do one thing, and, and we want to be the very best at it in the world. So focus is important. You know, definitely pick pick one thing. You know, stay stay focused, and you know, surround yourself with with like minded people. Right. Be listening to great podcasts. Be in a local you know real estate group, or at least get into some some Facebook groups. But you know that same you know experience I had with the old guy who talked with marbles, like. Like I wanted to be around other people who were doing the business, right? Because I'm like, oh, if this guy's doing it, I can do it. Or, oh, you know, this really is a thing. Like people are actually, <laughs> are actually mm-hmm. getting that self-doubt again, right? The self-doubt of like, yeah, am I doing something wrong? And if maybe you yeah. go to the RIA and everyone's complaining about the same thing. So it gives you a little bit of a balance check too. Like, yes, the buyers are not buying that anymore. We all yeah. agree. So it's not you. It's yeah. your self-doubt isn't you. It's actually just that, the market's pivoted, the shift, and yeah. they're like, okay, you know, cool. maybe it's not always wins, but it, it could be like the struggles that are cumulatively in those networking. Yeah. Groups. And then you figure it out, right? Like that's, you know, we're, we're all high performing, you know, individuals. That's, you know, anybody that gets into this business, you know, it's hard, right? Like there's no, there's no easy button, right? There, mm-hmm. There's nobody, nobody ever told you when you got your LLC, you know, 
set up that it was going to be everything was going to be sunshines and roses, right? Like that's not the case. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to be hard days. They're going to be you know easy days, but um, certainly being around and having a tribe of people who are on that journey with you, and you know they can pick you up on a day when you're down, and you can pick them up on a day when when they're down. You know that will that will be you know instrumental to your growth because it's hard, right? And your family and friends aren't going to understand. Like they don't, right? I, my mom, you know, well, my unless brother, they're in the business, both, then they might understand. Yeah, but my mother, is, you know, me and my brother are both very successful real estate investors. She still doesn't understand, right? My sister, you know, is always trying to buy a house or sell a house or do something, whenever. And she, like I was talking to my brother last night, like still does not come to the two most closest real estate experts she's got in her life to, to ask an opinion. She'd rather call a realtor. So. It's just yeah, me I mean, you're, aunt, you know, talking yeah. at Christmas this, the, and everyone else is like, okay, enough real estate. Guys. Enough. Right. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I can fall into a real estate conversation. Like I told you and go for three hours. So, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of a little bit about us and, you know, just sort of how we got started. Yeah. So tell me about that one focus that you're on now, cause you've moved out yeah. of wholesale and you said, tell, tell the people yeah. at home, Mm-hmm. Fill me in on what this transaction company sure. is. So what happened during COVID, again, we're running a, a really big, big wholesaling operation. Actually, the room I'm standing in was the room for our transaction coordinators. And who are transaction coordinators? What does that mean? So in our business, you know, we would get a contract with the seller, let's say Mrs. Smith, and somebody, right? Like that's not the end. Getting the contract mm-hmm. is not the end. First off, you have to go sell it. But you know, the transaction coordinator, somebody has to fill this role in your company. And when you're very small, you're doing all the roles, right? We get that. But as you start to grow and scale up, you're going to need somebody that can call the seller, collect their death certificates, collect the mortgage information. Let's get the leases. Oh, there's, you know, a bankruptcy. Who's the bankruptcy attorney that we need to call and, you know, get this pulled out of the bankruptcy? Who is, who does all of that back office stuff? And what happened during COVID was initially a lot of people let people go in their teams because we weren't sure, right? We weren't sure what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of my friends, large wholesalers would be like, hey, man, can you, can you, you've got three girls over there. Can you help us close these deals? I'm like, yeah, sure, man, we, we'll do it for you. We'll just charge you whatever. We'll figure it out. And what I realized is there was a real need for this in, in our community that, you know, I thought back to when you know, I, I was an early investor and I was tr- trying to do everything myself, which is a terrible idea, right? It cost me probably millions of dollars having that that philosophy of how to run my business, right? Of being afraid to outsource and bring in help. But yeah, we we realized that this was a need in the in the community where we could provide this as a service to investors. Um, you know, really do it at just a fraction of the price of what it would cost you to hire in your own person because you can leverage our team of right now sixteen coordinators who are all in-house here in Tennessee. And this is all that we do. You know, we've done in the last 18 months, I think 124 million and change in closings. So we we do a lot of closings, 2,600 mm-hmm. files. Um, so what I always tell people is, you know, close your eyes and think about the worst deal you've ever had, the hardest deal to get through closing, or think about the thing that you're most scared of, right? Like, what's the title company going to say? I don't know what to do. What, what title company do I pick? What am I going to do if this happens? What, you know, that's just Tuesday for us. That's just mm-hmm. the stuff that we do all day. Um, so that's one of the reasons we shut our wholesale company now was we wanted everybody to be focused on serving our clients. Yeah. And it's the whole reps thing too. Like you do a couple of closings. Okay. You become an expert when you maximize your reps at a particular business. So, yeah. you know, in, in, in Canada, in my market, the lawyers yeah. handle all that stuff. So I'm yeah. blessed in that regard. But in the States, it's much, much more 
uh, intricate escrow, all the different things. And oh. yes, the records might be public, but you definitely have to go. Some states, for them. Yeah. Some yeah. states they are, some they're not, but it's just, you know, even if, even if it's public, there's just still somebody that's got to do the thing, right? Yeah. You, you got to put the gotta, file together, right? Yeah. Somebody's got to call the seller. They got to collect the information. Oh, there's six heirs. Okay. Somebody's got to contact the heirs and, and you can certainly do that, right? You can mm-hmm. also change your own oil, but if you're changing your oil, right? The cost, what's the cost to your business? You're not out there getting your next deal, right? Your yeah. next deal is going to be 18, 20, $30,000 where for pennies compared to that, you know, you, you can high leverage more. activities, right? I would always tell my students back in the day, if you find yourself at Home Depot on your knees, picking the vent covers for your flip, <laughs> there's probably a, a marketing material that you could be doing yeah. that would get you your next one. So if people right. want to participate in the business that you're doing now, how sure. do they find you? How do they get it? You know, what's the website? Let's get the, yeah. the plug for the website. And then how do they reach out to you if they want to, you know, yeah. um, connect with you directly? Sure. Well, listen, I would love everybody to follow me on Instagram. If you want to pull out your phone, it's at David Olds, R-E-I, D-A-V-I-D-O-L-D-S-R-E-I. And we post a ton of reels and content there, just kind of everyday life stuff of what it's like to be a landlord and a rehabber and and a wholesaler. So we're, we're posting just loads of content, at least three, three stories or reels a day over there. So that's, that's just a great resource to kind of, you know, see what it's really like to be an investor if you're not currently doing this. And then, you know, if you're an investor or a wholesaler and you're doing, you know, one or two deals a month and you're looking to scale up, you know, those are the types of people that we really specialize in dealing with. And for that, you can jump over to our website and book a call with me or my team. And that's easy reiclosings.com. So the letter E, the letter Z, and then REI closings with an S.com. Super simple. There'll be a little video of me on the top there kind of explaining what we do. And uh, yeah, book a call and let's let's see what's going on with your business and, and how we can help you grow. Awesome, David. Well, I'm sure they're in good hands. Uh, you've got the experience and the, uh, the knowledge to help them with that. So I really appreciate your time. Yeah. And um, yeah, everyone go check out David Ohl's, uh Instagram. The reels are fantastic. <laughs> All right, guys. Until, uh, until next time, we'll catch you on the next episode. See ya.